0: As we cast them, Lord, at your feet and we exalt you, almighty God. For you are God alone. You sit high, you look low, you see all about your people. And so, Father, Lord, we ask you to touch us with your peace, with your grace, with your mercy, with your love. Father,
1: fill us up
0: with your presence. Lord, we want more of you right here in this space today. Oh God, we want to feel your power, and Lord, we want to know you in a better way. For you are holy, you are magnificent, all glory and power belongs to you. So Father, bless us with your presence, bless us in this time of worship, that you will be pleased with the words of our mouth and the meditation in our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Right. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Uh, we, we give grace uh, and, and blessings to Bethany United Methodist Church, Pastor for so allowing us to fellowship in this location uh, this morning. Amen. Amen. And so as we can definitely prepare our hearts and our minds to worship our God. Amen. We want to have a word of prayer. Amen. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for allowing us this one more time to come together in this presence. Lord, we pray uh, that the sweet communion of your fellowship will be with us, O oh God, as we care and take care of one another. And, Father, bless us as we prepare to hear a preach word from you today, uh, that we might see Jesus, oh God, and have your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 I'm, I got Brother Jeff If we going to try to make us feel a little bit at home. Amen. If you can play the Jesus in me, amen. Loves the Jesus in you, amen. And you could just be right where you are to turn around, and get somebody elbow bump, shake their hand, wave at them, and just let them know it's good to be in the house of the Lord, amen. Amen. The
1: Jesus in me love Jesus in you. The Jesus in me love Jesus. Of Christ is so easy. We are one in the body of Christ. of Christ. Amen. 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 Amen.
0: Thank thank you, Minister Jeff. Thank you so much. Uh, So grateful. Amen. That we come to worship our God together. Amen. Amen. Though we are, hallelujah, not in our location, but it's always good to be in the presence. Of the Lord and in the fellowship of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Our, our scripture that's going to be preached from today is coming from the Old Testament, Second uh, Kings uh, 13th chapter verses 14 to 21. As we continue to look towards the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, again, we're looking at another text that involves the power of our God beyond death. Second Kings 13 uh, verses 14 through 21. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. The word of God reads, when Elisha was in his last illness, King Jehoash of Israel visited him and wept over him. My father, my father, I see the chariots and the charioteers of Israel. He cried. Elisha told him, get a bow and some arrows. And the king did as he was told. Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow. And Elisha laid his own hand on the king's hands. Then he commanded, open that eastern window. And he opened it. Then he says, shoot. So he shot an arrow. Elisha proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram. For you will completely conquer the Armenians at Aphe. Then he said, now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and struck the ground three times. But the man of God was angry with him. You should have struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed. Then you would have been Aram until it was entirely destroyed. Now you will be victorious only three times. Then Elisha died and was buried group of Moabites raiders used to invade the land each spring. Once when some Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band of these raiders. So they hastily threw the corpse into the tomb of Elisha and fled. But as soon as the body touched Elisha's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to his feet. Praise God for his word. Amen. You may be seized. Amen. want to read that last part again uh, of this Second Kings as we're going to talk about the power of God beyond death. This is sort of kind of the last note of the prophet of Elisha, right? This is the end of the chapter of his life, accorded in our text. And it says, then Elisha died and was buried. Groups of Moabite raiders used to invade the land each spring. Once, when some Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band of these raiders. So they hastily threw the corpse into the tomb of Elisha and fled. But as soon, y'all see that there, the body touched Elisha's bones. The dead man revived and jumped to his feet. I want to highlight here uh, the power of our God even beyond death. Mm. Uh, we learn about this king Jehoash, but yet he is not a good king. He is an evil king, an apostate king in the order of his fathers. Well, I want to highlight here that how he comes to the good prophet, the man of God, Elisha in order for God to deliver Israel from their enemies. And I want to point out to us here that Elisha gives the king instructions on how, symbolically, God is going to give him victory. God gives us instructions how to live and how to live our best life. Somebody say your best life. We have to be willing to follow God's plans and instructions at all times and not just when it's convenient for us. Sometimes God may have us take some actions that will involve some sweat, uh, some tears, some pain, uh, some discomfort. And maybe you might have to endure it for a little while. But however, God's plan as God is always good. And it will work out for the good of those who love him and a call according to his purpose. Do you believe that that God is good and that he will not give you instructions that will not be good for you? He is good. And all the time he is always perfect and always right. In our text today, we see a life is coming to an end. When Joas, the evil king, the wicked king of the northern kingdom of Israel, comes to visit Elisha, seeking favor from God, Elisha is noted on his deathbed. Jehoash is desperate in seeking help from Elisha, but know that he's not seeking help from God. I want to highlight here that Jehoash does not follow really after God, but he sees Elisha as a goodwill trinket. Or something that can be used in order to carry favor from God. I want to point out that he is not alone in his walk because Jehoash's fear is being of being defeated and Israel struggling under his own wicked leadership, just like his dad. Second Kings 13 chapter verse four and five says, then Jehoash prayed for the Lord's help and Lord heard his prayer." Or you could see how severely the king of Aaron was oppressing Israel. So the Lord provided someone to rescue the Israelites from the tyranny of the Armenians. Then Israel lived in safety against as they had in former days. See, Johas' dad, Johas, was no good. It did not God say, because you were a good king, I'm going to help you. It says, because I see the oppression of my people. Mm. That I am going to raise up a rescuer, a uh, deliverer to save my people. Uh, this deliverer has already been chosen and nominated. This is Elisha. Hence, how Jehoash, the son of, of Jehoash, has to go and find one to beat the, uh, the Armenians. Y'all see that right there. And so what I highlight here is that how God is always working out for his people, even when you got people working against you. Had a bad king, a bad kingdom, but yet God heard the cries of his people. Anybody here glad that God hears our cries? Though sometimes it feels right, things are just too hard, things are too difficult, but yet if we can believe that it will work out for the good of those who are called according to his purpose, when we realize that God is always good, and so he's going to do what is good, so let us turn to our God who is good, So Elisha is the deliverer of Israel. And so when we see here that Joash is trying to find how he can have victory as their enemies are coming against him. However, Joash's reign is documented with the ending of Elisha's life because his reign is not really that good. Joash comes to seek after Elisha, but he does not have the sight that the prophet had. And what I mean by the sight is the foresight to see the good that is ahead. Elijah can see further ahead because of his faith in God's provision in his life. The king is just looking for a temporary moment of favor, of a reprieve, of respite, and then looking for an internal determination of deliverance for his people. Second Kings 13, says, but he did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to turn from the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, as and had led Israel to commit. So you can see when the uh, the history of our split kingdom tells us that they made one uh, idol God of one corner. to make the people don't go anywhere. They did not turn from this. They continue to be apostates and continue to have false idols. And he says, y'all have not changed. But God, hallelujah, he does stay faithful to his commitment to his people. So that's why Elisha shows us how we should be faithful to our God even until death. When Elisha was in his last illness, King Joaz of Israel visited him and wept over him and listened closely to what he says to him. My father, my father, I see the chariots and the charioteers of Israel, he cried. Uh, This saying is important because Elisha said that when he saw Elijah translate to before God. But now we see a wicked king come saying this, not because of the goodness of Elisha, but because of his fear of being attacked by his enemies. The illness that is mentioned is what will kill Elisha. The king shows he sees Elijah as a miracle worker, but does not have the same faith. In God, as Elisha has, this king is so wicked, just like his fathers, that he is looking now for God to give him some reprieve and some deliverance from his being disobedient and not following after the Lord. We see here when he says, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen is an echo of Elisha. But yet. Elisha said it for greatness. Elisha said it for goodness. Elisha said for what he saw, what God was doing. But here we see Joash saying it because he's fearing that he's about to be overcome. Elisha is facing death. The irony of it all that Elijah did not face death. He was translated. But Elisha hears these words as he's facing death on his deathbed. Joash is so desperate and seeking after help, he comes to the prophet Elisha. Joash is in fear of being defeated and his, his kingdom being taken away from him and suffering just like under his dad's reign. Second Kings 13, four and five reports to us. So the Lord provided someone to rescue the Israelites from the tyranny. And we're seeing this worked out. Now, I want you to point out these Kings are so bad. They don't get a full chapter. They mentioned they both are mentioned in the same chapter. <laughs> but more specifically, we're learning about Elisha. Only because how good Elisha is. But you say these are some bad kings like hey, we want to mention them, but we won't spend too much time on them. They lived. They died. That's what it said. And so here it is. Elisha is showing him how to be faithful unto God. First thing for us to be faithful unto God, we got to follow God's instructions. We have to be open to take whatever God tells us to do and do it, not worrying about what's going to happen. Also, when I highlight here, every time Eliza gives him an instruction, he does not tell him the purpose of what he's doing. So sometimes we need to just go ahead and do what God calls us to do. And then maybe we'll understand the purpose as we go on. And so I want to also highlight the action, imperative words that Eliza says to him, get take a shoot open and i'm going to notice that every time he tells him to do it the king obeys but yet also the commitment level of the king you can find out how fully invested he really is in and so the prophet now instructs the king to get bow and arrows and take them into your hand now i highlight this because elijah is what on his dead bed you think he got some bows and arrows Laying by. He about to roll over and die. He' not worried about fighting nobody, bows and arrows. So therefore, he's telling the king, hey, you need to run go get some stuff. Right? So first of all, the king didn't say, servants, go get it. Nah, no, you need to go get it. Y'all hear me? Elisha told him, get bow and some arrows. And the king did as he was told. Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow. And Elisha laid his own hands on the king's hands. Look at how... The king is being obedient, but now Elisha kind of puts his hands on both his hands. Symbolic as a blessing, symbolic as a transfer of power, symbolic of how God is with you in this moment. The king is doing well, obeying the prophet's instructions. But now here's what you have, the bow and the arrow. Now what? Here it is. Then the king is commanded to open the eastern window. And he opened it. Then he said, "Shoot!" So he shot an arrow, an elite. And Elisha proclaimed, "This is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aaron. For you will completely conquer the Armenians at Aphek." Here it is now. He opens the east window and towards the direction of his enemy. God now has him to shoot an arrow towards his enemy. Now, notice again, he has not gone into battle. He has not warmed his armies and got them ready to battle. But yet God has already spoke victory for him. And it's in balance of, of the ones that you are facing, the ones that are your opposition. I had you open up your window. I spoke power into your life to let you know victory is already on the way. was uh, I, 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 the key moment in time, i would be like, well, I'm good to go then, right? I, I, I got victory you have to be done. But yet here's the situation here. The king has not done any work. See, that's how oftentimes we get caught up that we want God to bless us, but we don't want to do any work. Here's the next step. Now, the king has to do a little more action. The enemies to the east of him is coming after him. The, these same enemies. are. His father and been against him. We read that earlier how his father asked for deliverance. They said God raised up a deliverer for them. And here's a beautiful thing that God is gracious to us, even when we're not gracious towards him. Mm. Second Kings 13 and 23 gives us a summary it says, but the Lord was gracious and merciful to the people of Israel, and they were not totally destroyed. He pitied them because of his covenant with Abraham Isaac and Jacob. And to this day he still has not completely destroyed them or banished them from his presence. See, this is recorded in the history of Second Kings say, Hey, y'all have not always been right, but God has kept you, not because you've been good, but because he's good. Uh because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so ensuing the arrow. In the direction of his enemy, God has spoken victory over him. But yet we understand that you have not always been obedient to what I've called you to do. And so now he's got a victory, but yet he's not done. The father instructs the king is being obedient to all the commands. Now he says to now pick up the New Living Translation, says now pick up the other arrows. Another translator says pick up the arrows and shoot. It's going to highlight here, it does not give you a number does not tell you how many times to shoot it just gives you the afterword of just shoot so the king picked him up and struck the ground three times notice now you got a number he picked him up all right what's up right but yet he said pick them all up now that's sort of how when i'm reading this i'm thinking about athletics and and coaches and oftentimes the coach says run you don't. Know, kids will say how long, and the coach will tell you when I say stop. So basically, he's saying when they just say run, sometimes they give you a point like, hey, run back and forth ten laps, right? But when they say run, oftentimes they mean they mad, and you gonna run So they say stop. Run! Oh, what you do, man? So here it is. Uh, the prompt on shoot. He didn't ask how much. He decided I'm gonna do the minimum. I'll just take one, two, three. Elisha does not say how many times the king struck the ground, how many times he decided he wanted to strike the ground. But yet we see that there was something significant in how many times he would have struck the ground. Verse 19 says, but the man of God became angry with him. And he says this to him. You should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have beaten Aaron until it was entirely destroyed. Now you will be victorious only three times. Mm. Mm. The king could have emptied his quiver and shot all the arrows. The king, in his minimum action, did minimum work and did not get the maximum result. If you want more, you got to give more. The king was desperate, but he wasn't that desperate. He is like, basically, give me victory and I'm good. Don't make me work for it. Working for me, I got to keep on shooting uh, these arrows. But I don't want to do that. He said, shoot. I decided how many times I want to shoot. The king did not know the purpose of each action before he did them. He discovered the purpose after the action. How true it is in our lives that sometimes we don't know. The purpose of what we're doing while we're doing it. But sometimes we see the results or we understand the results as a good old himself. I understand it better by and by. Here it is that sometimes in our lives we have to learn to depend on God more than we can depend on our own intellect, our own understanding, our own knowledge and wisdom, finding out that we really don't know as much as we think we know. When we understand that we can hear people tell us what we should or should not do, but we should look to see, God, what should I do? We discover our purposes when we're following God's instructions. Elisha told him what to do, but he did not tell him why to do it. Sometimes we got to see and show God how much faith we have in him. Faith means I trust you. I trust you. I will do whatever you say because I Trust you. That's the challenge we have in our lives. That's we have people we don't trust, so we got follow up questions. Come with me. Where are we going? Do You know I am. That's why I'm asking. Where are we going, right? You like like I know you. That's why I'm asking you where are we going. I don't trust you. But those who trust will come. That's how you know it's it's beautiful when our babies don't really know us. They trust us. <laughs> Jump. don't do anything, right, Till you drop them. They're like, nah, I figured it out. You don't always catch me, so no, I'm not jumping. I'll get down myself, right? So they understand, like, I'm going to trust you till you prove me wrong. But our God has never uh, uh, left us nor forsake us. He's never fallen short, and so we should always trust him. But times in our lives, it seems that we trust ourselves more than we trust God. So the man of God was angry at him because he only struck it three times. You let him know that if you had did it five or six, you would have complete victory. Didn't you not come here for victory over your enemy? And you would have had total if you were just willing to go the extra mile. If you're willing to do the hard work. See, sometimes in our lives we want the victory, but we don't want the work. And then we are selflessly hating other people that are successful because they did the hard work. They did what needed to be done to get where they are. You looking at yourself said that could be me. But the fact of the matter, as you know, that is not you. And that could be you. What would you have done to get there that you're not doing now? We got to do the hard work. We got to do it the right way and honor our God and why we're seeking after what we want. But here's a beautiful thing that I want to highlight here about God having power. Beyond death, sometimes in life, we reach the end of our power, the end of our strength, the end of our resources that we need someone to get us beyond. This king was not good, but he reached the end. He says, I can't do it. I need somebody to get me beyond. This is the end. This is the dead end. This is the, this is the finish. And so now the prophet says that God has opened up a window (laughs) and it's giving you victory over those that are oppressing you. But then he says that you can have complete victory, not just on this battle here at Aphek, but yet you can have total victory over your enemy. But how much effort are you willing to put into? He only was willing to do it three times, and he was angry. But notice how this moves on in this text. That's the end of the story for the king. He <laughs> says, "You could have greater victory, but you only won a minimum victory. That's what you got." But look at verse twenty. It says, "Then Elisha died and was buried," pointing out to us that this text is really about Elisha. The king is just a co-sign. The king is just a, a, another p- character within the main story. But notice the hero is God highlighting Elisha. Elisha was died die, and was buried. Groups of Moabites, raiders, used to invade the land each spring. Once, when some Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band of these raiders. So basically... They are trying to have a burial for their friend. They got scared when they saw these mold. I said, nah, we don't want them problems. Just throw them in any grave, open grave. Just throw them down. So they throw their friend down into the grave, right? And the text says, as soon, as soon as the body touched Elisha's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to his feet. This story verifies the ministry of Elisha, that even in death, God uses him to revive what was dead. God's grace is even for us when we are not deserving. God's love for us is greater than the power of the grave. Elisha's bones had resurrection power, not because that he had power while he was living, but because God decided to use him in an awesome way. But yet I want you to point out that we don't have another story of another body rising from touching the bones of Elisha because Elisha was only limited in what he could do because of the authority of God. But yet, as we're looking at the power of God beyond that, we can look at the one who has all power. That is the son of God, Jesus Christ, that through his blood that never loses power. That through his blood, you can know resurrection and life. We know eternal life, all who call on the name of Jesus. We will know total victory over death because of the power of God. And so when we look at the prophet Elijah's ministry being validated by the resurrection of life, now we know that when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, God spoke and opened up the heavens and ascended the Holy Spirit in the image of the dove. The Son was in the water. The father is speaking as this says, my son, who I am well pleased. No, no, what he says, follow him, follow him, obey him, follow his instructions. It's good news that when we follow the man of God's instructions, we're going to be all right. And that's why God sent his son to show us that, hey, uh, death is going to come. But I was victory over
1: life. Our lives are hard. And our lives are full of and The times that are hard, the times that are hard. But my yoke is easy my burden. I'm
0: rest for your soul. Uh, even when we mess up, we can come. Look at this evil wicked king. they able to humble. And come to the prophet of God. And yet God says, I see past your problems because I see my people who need some help. And I'm going to help them out because I am a good God. Good God of Zion. Aren't you glad that God sees no matter what we're going through, he sees our issues. He sees us just like he saw the widow walking out in the funeral. He sees you and all the cries a billion people in the world. He sees the problems that you're going through. And if you can touch some dead bones and get life, I'm so glad that the blood that gives us strength from day to day shall never lose its power. The blood of Jesus has resurrection power. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don't wait for somebody to throw you on some dead bones. Call on Jesus now and know resurrection power right now. You can resurrect something that's in your life. I don't know what it is, but you got something that's dead. Your finances is dead. Your health seems to be dead. Your life seems to be dead. Say, Lord, here it is. I put it at your feet. And Lord, the speak. Mm. So know the power of God beyond death. Don't let somebody else tell you what you cannot do. Well, you can talk to a God that can do. (laughs) He can do exceedingly above, beyond what we can ask or think or even imagine. Just know that when God moves, he moves. And here's a beautiful thing. You don't have to do anything to earn God's favor. He freely gives it. The king did not deserve it. (laughs) But because of the covenant he made with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He blessed the children of Israel. That's what we call the old covenant. The old testament. But when Jesus' blood was spilled, his body was broken, he was letting us know this is the new covenant. My blood will be poured out for the remission of sins. I'm done preaching now, but I'm getting excited when I think about the blood of Jesus. That you can call on him no matter what you're going through. And you can have life more abundantly because that's what he promised you. And so call on that power. Don't allow your past mistakes keep you from the greatness that God has for you. And once he opens up that window and he tells you to shoot out your error, and he has already spoke victory over that error, don't, don't stop there. Now when he tells you to pick up more bowls and more arrows, make sure so you pick them all up. And shoot them all down. I'm done now, Preacher, but I got one more I just want to share about. When I think about Elisha and Eliza, how they helped the widows. There was one widow that needed some money, and she had nothing. He told her, go get some jars. And the more jars she got, the more oil was filled up. And what happened that she realized when she got done to her last jar, she was basically saying, I should have gotten more jars. Because I could have more oil if I only had more capacity. I want to encourage you to realize that you may not know your capacity. So try to find out <laughs> how
1: much more you can get. And keep on trusting the God when it gets harder, when it gets heavy. Saying, Lord, I'm going to keep on keeping on good day now sign May it all bless you real good but on your way home you ought to tell somebody i can trust him until the very end he's a good god yes he is am i all right do you know he's all right so good day now sign may he keep you may he bless you but know my god has all power
0: You might be out there today and you're looking, saying, what can I do to get recovered? I want to tell you, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just call out to him right now. Say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. And be open to his instructions. Be open to his directions. And follow them with great endurance, with great intensity to follow all the way through. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you that you are faithful, that you are gracious, that you are merciful. And, Lord, forgive us for times that we trusted ourselves. And we leaned on others more than we Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are faithful just to us as we confess to you. Clean us, Lord, of all unrighteousness. Clean us up, O oh God, from the inside out our hearts change our minds. And Father, we're bringing to you what is broken. We're bringing to you what is hurting. We're bringing to you all the trials and the problems in our lives. And Father, we know that you can speak life. You can speak power. You can speak victory. And Father, we realize that we're going to have to follow your instructions. We're going to have to do what needs to be done. So help us, oh God. To our own selves. Now as I understand, we depend on you will direct our past. Lord, as you open the, state of the righteous, we surrender to you. Find our way with us, O oh God. Revive us, O oh Almighty God. Renew us, O oh Almighty God, as we follow Your commands. Father, there might be someone who called on Jesus today, and Lord, I pray that You will help them find a Bible-believing, a Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching church where they can be baptized and have communion and be discipled and fellowship. And Father, I thank you, Lord, for how you minister to us on today. Lord, we realize that we need you each and every day. Lord, we can't make it without you. And so we thank you, Lord, for how great is your love towards us. How great is your mercy towards us. And so, Father, guide us and direct us, Lord, as we leave this place. But never from our presence. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. Amen? amen. 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 As we continue on in worship, we want to thank you for joining us online and those who want to give their tithes and offering here, amen. Um, we have our, uh, us as our deacons are able to collect. Also, you can give online. www.zionbcpeoria.com. You can download our app and text to give and, and, and be encouraged and we love you and God bless you and may you keep until we meet again. Amen. Amen.